0: welcome back everybody another episode of mission daily i'm here with the boss lady stephanie Postles. how's it
1: it is going great how are you
0: listen i feel like i'm always doing pretty good you know what i mean yeah. I, get, I get pretty fired up every single day i try to mm-hmm. um you know one thing i've done since you you're all about life hacking and stuff where i don't yeah. know what you're into
1: well you can call it that i feel like it's just how to live a good life you know one-on-one. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so i noticed i was like starting to feel a little bit bad about myself uh, why uh, when because yeah, of me? yeah so like no no not because of you i was um, like oh,
1: i was too optimistic with you
0: no so because because like part of part of let's say aspiring to do great things is you try to follow people maybe that have walked the path that and are giving advice um so a handful of people right like you, you might be following cody sanchez you might be following alex hermosi you might be following grant cardone and i started realizing like man these people make me feel shitty not because Because they are so successful. And I'm like, am I a loser? You know what I mean? Because Alex Ramos, will sit there and talk about how, you know, he took Jim launch from zero to 100 million in like five years or four years or whatever that number was. Really, really small window of time. And he's giving you advice and Mm -hmm. he's doing his thing. And you're sitting there. I'm sitting there like, man, am I a loser? Like, if damn, damn it.
1: Yep, that is, a loser? that's media though right there or like certain kinds of media that can get to you i mean especially i will we'll say with them they're a little bit maybe different but like influencers where people are like whoa how are they traveling the world and doing all these things why can't i do that like it definitely can mess right. with you when you watch so it that can,
0: it can be in the vocationally too right so like you could be like if you're a person looking at a beauty influencer, you could feel bad about your looks. If you follow a travel influencer, you might feel bad about your life. Mm -hmm. And if you follow a business influencer, you might feel bad about like your money. Right. And cause I was watching this guy like, um, what's his face? I think his name's like Morby Morby pace. I think his name is Uh Morby pace. Uh And he's like a creative financing guru. And he's talking about like how he's acquiring all these houses for virtually no money down. And do you want to learn? And I'm like, I do, and I I just started, I started realizing, man, like, I feel like nothing I do is enough. So Mm -hmm. I just stopped. I just instantly stopped everything. Mm -hmm. I refocused my social media. I retaught my algorithms. And I'm like overly liking surfing content. I'm overly liking skateboarding go. content. I'm overly liking yep uh, funny animals. Uh, people falling down. I Love people falling down. All right. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. So did you pull yourself <laughs> people- out of it with those videos, or like, all right? Do you feel? Like I you're started out of it or feeling good getting?
0: again. I was like, oh, my mood. I was like, my wife Jen even noticed like a noticeable change in my mood because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's what I I you know because you're into
1: yeah all of that. What did you call it? Well, I just said having a good life one on one. I mean you can call it whatever yeah. you want, but I think I also will call it being conscious of your inputs because it's yes. so easy to operate in life and have all these things coming into you, around you, into your ears, into your eyeballs, and not take a pause and be like, What am I becoming right now? Or what am I like, what are my thoughts becoming? Because I it's just easy to get into a pattern and be like, Oh yeah, I always have to learn from this person. I gotta read all the newsletters, I need to go and follow the latest tips and like you're always trying to keep up instead of Being like, okay, pause, what things are actually not only helping me in business or whatever, but also like, is it helping my life? Because a lot of those things, I also feel like you got to bump around and figure things out yourself sometimes. You can't just always learn from the guru. I think you can get little like tips and threads of like inspiration or innovation. But then I actually just, and you've said this before too, like you just need to go and do the thing and not just keep watching and being like, okay, I want to keep learning more and more and more. Okay, now I feel bad. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah so i started feeling like man i kind of started feeling mad about myself so I was like forget it i'm gonna look at people that i you know look at things i'm more interested in that i would naturally always want to see more of yeah. um
1: just go follow my tiktok then you people you want to <laughs> see more of here i am i on have TikTok. not
0: i have not reinstalled tiktok i know you are life and times stephanie um i tried doing tiktok for a while because i want to learn the platform yeah i just found it very challenging to make videos all the time like i yeah. This, you know, you know how oh. every day when we sit down here and you you're like, what? hey, what are we going to talk about today? Like mm. <laughs> blank. <laughs> like, I could never be a content person. Like I just couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely for me, it was a fun challenge because what I noticed was it was giving me little hints of creativity in a space that I hadn't been playing in since probably when we started mission, when I was making everything myself. And so every once in a while, it is just fun to be like, what can I do or what funny thing can I make? Or like, what it, about my life can I like, you know, poke fun at right now? So, but yeah, it's also just a platform that has so much stuff on it. I rarely look at the feed because when you do, now it's just like overly promoting all these filters with just like, I mean, here's what you look like, like that, when you're yeah. 14, here's, and it literally will give me like, lip implants and like, uh, like my cheekbones will be raised up. And I'm like, Oh my God, what is this? Like, what is China doing to us? Like, what are they doing (laughs) to our younger generation? They're, I don't know. So I don't really look at the feed very much. Or if I do, I'll only look at the like exact people I follow where it's like a for you thing. And it's only the people I follow, which is like 12 people. I don't know. It's not very many for sure.
0: Well, I tell you what, we've gotten some experience here at Mission messing with, the videos to see if things can go, uh, you know, viral basically. And what we have found is like, we know, I, I wouldn't say we know how to do it consistently, but we have done it where some of our videos have overly indexed. So if anyone's out there, let's, let's do this real quick. So if, if, what tips would you have to people who say, Hey, they want their shorts or their reels or their social to get a bigger audience? Because we basically, <laughs> Uh, you know i'll I'll have my interpretation of it, and then yeah. I'd love to hear yours um but we've done it. We've had a couple of videos get into the hundreds of thousands of views I think that yeah. um well that we're doing I mean, it just a couple tweaks
1: yeah, yeah no i I've definitely seen that trend taking off here, which is cool. Uh, I first want to say that before we get into the tips, we need to just focus on the business videos because uh we also you know are working on a show around pets which that one's way, way easier and way different. Uh, If I think about my TikTok, like what's the video that did the best? Britt and I plunging into my my sister, my twin sister were like plunging into Hamilton pools. Uh, It's like a cold, you know, open spring, whatever here in Texas. And of course that one did like the best on my profile. Why? Probably because we're in bathing suits. I look at the audience demographics, it's like 90% men who we're looking at. I'm like, okay. So outside of things like that, that are just easier to get ranking on, like, you know, personal stuff, pet stuff, bikini shots, whatever it might be. Let's focus on the business content. Um, So yeah, we get asked this question all the time from brands who are like, we think we want to do, you know, video content, what should it look like? Or how can you guys help us? And the first thing we've been saying is, of course, short videos, short videos are what we've seen large successes in right now. Um, But the number one thing is like, you have to have good content, like we can't, No one can do anything out of bad content. So starting point, it has to be good. It has to be engaging. Um, And oftentimes you can clip your content in a way that makes it short, snappy. I know we've talked about Mr. Beast before, but you can definitely cut it up in a way that does kind of make it snappier than the actual conversation. Uh, But I think the second biggest thing is just having a good opening hook. Um, we've seen that time and time again, that like that first two seconds of that video is super important. We've had a lot of creators come on our shows and our different episodes where they talk about reworking that intro clip multiple times until they see the engagement that they want. So I think having a really engaging, uh, intro clip from the very beginning where it like pulls someone in where they're like, I want to know that answer. I want to see the end of this, of course. Um, and the third one is making it, I think, relatable, to a wider audience, even if the conversation is more niche. Like I think about the health episode that we talked about, you know, many episodes back where I was talking about the doctor I was working with. And some of the stuff I was talking about was very much about me. Like it probably isn't going to be that relatable to you, Albert. Um, But when we're pulling a clip for it, we don't want to scare people away by talking about something that's so unique to me that people see the video and they're like, oh, okay, that actually hmm, doesn't really feel relevant to me. So it's like, how can you pull a clip that would maybe have wider appeal to get people in the door to then want to hear something that is maybe a little more niche or personal? So those are my three things I know we've been working on um, and seeing take off. I mean, we think about, we did a video with Indeed, uh, their VP of marketing or whatever, and it was all about doing exit interviews at the companies. Who does that apply to? companies and the people leaving the companies there was so much heated there's a debate. lot of them right now <laughs> exactly and so it's like that had wide appeal even though the interview timely yep very timely um, and it also had some controversy in it because you've got you know she was saying we should do exit interviews you got people in the comments like that doesn't work i don't want to do an exit interview like i've done it before and it never helped me so you just have all this debate going on and That honestly is what blows up a video too, is if people are happy or sad, angry, whatever it is, like we just want some kind of emotion around it. So that's my thoughts, but what about you?
0: Listen, I would say this, listen to the people that have done it Mm -hmm. and here's what's interesting. (laughs) They kind of tell you exactly how it works yeah, and you just kind of just follow their advice. (laughs) And and we're not, so in this regard, we're not first movers. There were definitely a lot of people that we Mm -hmm. emulated their style, but it works brilliantly for what we do. Uh, so you see a lot of caption work. Caption work is not cheap. It's done in After Effects. One of the things that we typically see is, because people are always starving for new things, you have to do things that are, I would say, the, if it's harder to do, you're probably better off. Like, it's harder to edit for faster pace. It's harder to use colorful captions. Because even when we use like more AI-based tools, It improved the numbers, but it took like a team using After Effects and making custom colors for every single word to really see a difference. And so if that is this is like the more technical side of content creation, it's like if it's easy to make, that means other people are making it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, that makes that makes it not as interesting. Uh, So by default, this is going to be a continuing, I would say, challenge, especially in the business sector where we are, because. By default, our guests don't do as many interesting things. They don't say as many controversial things. Mm-hmm. So it is harder to find those nuggets. You know, if you think about the most viral person of all, right, we already mentioned him, Mr. Beast, mm-hmm. he forces oddities, yeah. right? He forces the action. Like, how would you react if I buried you alive? Yeah. It's like, this is not something that you can just capture randomly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so, in the, in the world of business, it's, it's a much more challenging thing. Cause you're having a conversation with someone who very much so cares about their occupation. They don't want to get canceled. They're not going to say maybe everything that they think about. So those are the challenges that are involved in business, but it's been a fun experiment. I want to talk a little bit about some positive news because one of the things that I've always enjoyed about mission daily in the past was like, you can, you know, in, in, I always say this like, Times can be dark, but you can st- You can. St- the world keeps moving. And I've always said that with Stephen. like, it doesn't matter what's happening. The world's going to move without you. So you either move with it, you can move in front of it, you can change your direction. But sitting back and complain doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't help you at all. And so the world keeps moving forward. One of the things I wanted to talk about is some of the things that showed up in the news this morning. Um, it talked about certain sector is so overpopular right now. They cannot get enough employees. And that is specifically the jobs sector. Um, I mean, assuming not the job sector, the, I was like, the wow, hospitality that's the sector, the hospitality sector. We'll edit that out. Yeah, you can make me look bad. That's good. <laughs> the hospitality sector is overwhelmingly seeing unfulfilled demand. So there's so many people that want to travel. There's so many people that want to go to hotels. There's of course, they themselves laid off a lot of people during the pandemic. Yep. So now they can't hire people back fast enough, which makes total sense because, like, you kind of threw me in the street. Like, why would I come back? Mm-hmm. I found something else. I upskilled myself. Who knows what I did? Yep. And they're talking about how, like, they just cannot keep up with demand. There's so many people that want to travel. There's not enough people that want to be in the industry. The industry has historically, let's say, low pay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say it's high labor, low pay as well. Right. So like if like to be a how you and I were talking a little bit about being like, if you were a house cleaner at um at a big, big hotel, like it's just nonstop hard work. It's never going to. And so you, you kind of brought up the, the fun side, which is like, how can, is technology, automation, robotics, when will those play a bigger role in these sectors so that the hard to fill low, let's say lesser skilled or low, low paying jobs can be automated or improved Mm -hmm. to the point where people will want to go in those sectors. I think this is a fun thing to think about.
1: Yeah, I I think when you think about those industries, there will be a time when those companies are like, okay, we've been looking for employees to come and do this job for six months and haven't even gotten one good person, I mean, I think about Chipotle when they came on the show and they were like, you know what? We automated the tortilla making because no one wanted to do that job. They kept getting burned, blah, blah, blah. And so they just automated it. And so I think there will be a time when those Fun things are Fun like, fact about
0: Chipotle. I saw that huh? too. They're hiring over 15,000 people at like, Chipotle. Keep growing.
1: Oh, right? yeah, yeah. So- <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, they're doing really well, but they're definitely <laughs> leaning into tech for the job. So they're like, we can't find anyone for this job. Even when we raise the pay, some people just don't want to do it. That's fine. Right. So I think that'll be a piece of it. But I also think there's an interesting angle here around how do you incentivize those groups of people to wanna work there and be part of the upside. You think about these big resorts and you're like, okay, the housekeepers are just cleaning all day long and it's lower pay. Like, is there an incentive model that you can shift it to where these employees are coming to work and knowing the more rooms I'm cleaning, the more revenue this company makes, like my pay is tied to that. And so I'm gonna work my ass Mm. off to make sure that more people are coming through this door, they're happier, they're giving us reviews. And because, my success is the company's success, and vice versa. And so that's something that I think. I mean, when I think about hospitality, I was a you know started out in a restaurant when I was thirteen, Outback Steakhouse, and I was a silverware roller all day long, rolling silverware. Moved up to Hostess, moved up to takeout, whatever. Silverware uh, that
0: definitely feels like a robot should do. Exactly. Well,
1: this was back <laughs> a while ago, but yeah, I mean, that's all I was literally you know qualified for, just sitting there all day rolling this damn silverware, but. I moved my way up to a place when it got to bartending and serving. And that's something where you feel like you have kind of unlimited upside, at least with the amount of hours that you're working, where it's like, even if you don't make money, you have hope, which a lot of people just need that hope that the next day will be better. And so my thought is like, how do you incentivize more people to kind of think that way? It's like maybe everyone's getting a base pay and there's just an incentive structure where you're like, okay, today didn't go that well. What happened okay the rooms you know didn't get clean the people didn't get served as well the tips weren't left like whatever it was but just figuring out like how to incentivize that group of people in a different way because obviously the current model's not working and if it's not attracting people to even come and apply and be a part of it like you have to shake things up and think differently so
0: yeah i think i think the answer is probably a, a blend of robotics incentive structures there's going to be let's let's put it this way so right now Right now, hotel, the hotel industry, let's say you're in a popular area, let's, let's just pick any. I'm just going to pick off the top of my head. Waikiki, right? Super competitive, lots of inventory. And I would say most of the hotels don't worry so much about filling their hotel. They know they're going to fill it. But other, but there are a few handful because like I got advertised. The Grand Wailea. Would you like to say at the Grand Wailea? Only 1,200 a night. Like, bro. Twelve hundred oh, a night? That's a, that's a no. That's a no doc. <laughs> that's a no. I don't want to stay at the Grand YLA for twelve hundred dollars a night. But I'm sure there's someone who does. And so what will happen is, I'm curious. This is where I'm super curious about who is going to be the hotel operator. Who's going to be the hospitality company that comes in and says, "How do we automate so that we can go down market and make more more profit margin? Mm-hmm. We can go up market, make more profit margin because like that service levels." That's typically associated with up market Um, automation might be like more down market, but there, I agree with you. There's, this will be, this will be the next, this will be the forcing function for this industry to change because if you cannot, and that's what every company that's going through it right now, because it's like, on one hand, you hear about all these layoffs happening and they're proud primarily in the tech sector. And then on the other side, you hear about growth. A lot of the growth, is in unfortunately it's the more manual labor Mm -hmm. it's a little bit lower pay sectors they keep they keep expanding so what's going to happen is tech's going to come there Mm -hmm. it's what's going to happen that's yeah (laughs) and like they're gonna be like hey i want to figure out a way whether it's through automate like so for example i was reading about how this uh, self-driving truck company is going out of business Mm -hmm. they could make it um and and like more than 70 percent of people being laid laid off Thirty percent are going to be remain to wind down the operation, but before you know it, one hundred percent of the thing won't won't exist anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you were an engineer and you were engineering solutions to trucking, why could you not engineer solutions to laundry? Oh yeah,
1: Yep. Why not? Yeah. It's like
0: we've not enough people have invested their energy there, but now that there's demand for it, maybe there will. Like, could because let me tell you something: you're a mother of three, oh. a household of five, six. You would. Six, you would love an automated folding machine. You would love it.
1: I mean, that's (laughs) where 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 I think there's the mix Where, Like what everyone's working on versus maybe the need right now. We were just talking about this before we started recording about like the defense industry and how there's just like no one's really working hard to really innovate in that area. And I mean, they were talking about other countries are right now. Other countries are bringing tech into their processes to really like get ahead. And if you think about it, like something like a Snapchat has better technology than a lot of our defense capabilities right now. Like that's pretty sad. And so there's a mix match and there's needs in all these other areas, hospitality, travel, defense, like anything government, honestly. Uh, Sure. And then, but everyone's betting in these other areas, which I get, but there's just like too much happening there and not enough, you know, needs being met in it. Maybe we'll just call it the unsexy industries, but the ones that matter. I mean, the fact that only like, the only two unicorn type companies who have been helping out the defense industry at SpaceX and um what's the other one? Palantir. Palantir. That's the did only it, two analytics. Yeah, the only two who actually became and they were both founded by billionaires. So it's like, where's everyone else? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but there's definitely a mixed match here and Hopefully there'll start to be a shift out of like not just betting on the big sexy things, but also like, okay, why don't, don't I take Don't
0: even get me started on government because let <laughs> oh, me tell you something, everybody. We started. have a government <laughs> we have a government contract. It's so hard to even get approved. Yeah. Like you can see why. Uh, if you were an engineer, let's say we were building a new flight tracking system. Right. Flight tracking system is going to require a lot of sensors. The FAA radar system, for those who are listening, it, it was like born in the se- early 70s mm-hmm. and it hasn't been upgraded since. Still using it. Yeah. Like, if you were to look at the terminal of an air traffic controller, it looks like a dot matrix video game.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: crazy how yeah. antiquated this technology is. And yet, every day, hundreds I mean, it works, but hundreds of thousands of people are in the air, lives depending on this little dot matrix guy. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so but if you were a young engineer and you figured out a solution and you thought it would be worthwhile to implement, think of all the red tape you would have to mm-hmm. cross to get there. And I think that's why you see these companies already with billions of dollars of funding, because it takes that long just to even get, a, let's say, a pilot or a proof of concept going, let alone an actual paid implement mm-hmm. in, installation. Yeah. So those industries, the government for specifically like like its own red tape stymies its growth.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I read a stat somewhere that the government and, you know, we'll just say the DOD, all these places are putting out these RFPs. And oftentimes it's only, it's the same, like one applicant who's applying for it, who just knows the game. Like they know, like I'm going to get this RFP because I've been getting it every time. And I think about entrepreneurs like me, you, like how often do we think like, let's go look up the government RFPs and see what they need today. It
0: takes too long.
1: Yeah. It takes too long. I don't even understand their system. One time I was trying to get into it and type in my password and you literally had to type it with your finger on, like it was a keyboard on your screen that you had to type in the password. I don't know. I was like, what is this? Like, I don't even know where they got this from. It's got to be secure. secure. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, there's definitely a mix match there. Uh, I would love to say we knew how to fix that, but I mean, there definitely needs to be some changes because I feel like, man, something's going to change. Well, that's
0: why a country, I mean- you can we can say we're getting political, but a country like China can be making advancements like that because China, the government, is the one dictating these standards. Mm. Like you know what I mean? They're the ones dictating the tech companies invest in them. They're the ones that oversee all the tech companies and can say, Hey, your technology mm. is our technology. Right? There's not really like at the end of the day, you know, that, that the concept of one China is everyone works for the government, the country, the country, right? Everyone works for the country. So, like, think about like the biggest telco. Huawei. Right. It's a private company, except all of its IP goes straight to the
1: yeah.
0: country, right? Yeah. Like when Verizon invents something, the United States don't get it.
1: Mm-hmm. But that, <laughs> like, that top-down <laughs> model, I mean, it's definitely, you know, obviously it's not working very well for the people of that country and or many of them. And it also yes. is like that just bets on the top having the best ideas. It doesn't allow bottom-up innovation, which is where most of the best ideas come from, is from that, you know, I mean, I think we talked about this, like 2% of the population and, I don't know. So I just think that top down approach, even though it's interesting that they can control the outcome by being like, we're going to work on this and put technology in here and whatever, <laughs> like, yeah, it is interesting yeah. tra- watching what they're doing. I also think it leaves a lot of room for failure because it's oftentimes the one person at that one company who has the idea that maybe ends up making, you know, the biggest impact. So you know lots to be done in these spaces. But.
0: but yeah, that that but the the big thing that we're seeing or where I would bet on, and I don't know how to bet on it, so I'd love to learn. Is I agree with Steph one hundred percent in that technology and automation. Th- this is what's going to happen. All these fields that just can't fulfill workers will be the next to automate. The, they're going to start investing the most in technology because they don't have the option. Um, used to be able to throw brute force labor at it, but now it's like, dude, what's the problem? And by the way, we, and if if the if the hospitality succeeds, let's make, make no mistake about it. You and me at home, we succeed. Even though yeah. I don't do the most of the folding, I believe you do. <laughs> like, I've yeah. always wondered about that. Like, why is there not a folding machine?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so many machines that I want. Like, why isn't there a dishwasher and dish dryer that just all work together? And then it puts it away. Actually, have you read that book? Where's no, they My... work
0: together. They just don't put it away.
1: Put it away from me. I don't want to put it away. <laughs> Have you read that book? Um, Well, you probably haven't. You don't really read a ton of books. You do read a lot of things, just not books. But there's a book called Where's My Flying Car? And it talks about, like, basically, they were all building towards a flying car and people having their own, you know, private um, planes or helicopters or whatever. And it's a very interesting look at history on why, basically, innovation stopped and how it got squished and how people are, you know, there's always that quote where it's like, you know, we wanted flying cars and then instead we got like... 90 characters or whatever I totally botched that Do you know what code that is? I don't know It's like
0: yeah, instead yeah we wanted flying Cars instead we got 140 characters something like that Yeah there
1: you go but by the way
0: independent Flying cars completely unregulated would be a terrible Idea
1: yeah the amount of
0: accidents Would be
1: just I mean you know, when you're thinking of new ideas, you don't think about the how you just think about the idea. <laughs> don't squash it. But the That's the, true. the concept was, I mean, when they were talking about like why people wanted flying cars, it was just even having the ability to like move up and down and like figuring that out because of how like right now, unless you're in a helicopter, planes can't just go up and down. Sure. And apparently there was some dude who almost had a plane that could do that. And then he died. And then the whole project died. But they're just saying just even having a plane that could have that capability of just going up and down like a helicopter and not being a helicopter would have been a huge advancement in our world. But then it got squashed. I haven't finished the book. I feel like that's like the theme of these episodes. Like, I'm starting. Why can't the, books the I helicopter get
0: smaller? That's enough. I guess that's a different question. Why can't helicopters be smaller? Because we already have them. They're helicopters, but they're pretty big. They need yeah. a lot of like the, the, the landing space. It's not quite like. Airtight, right? Like when when a helicopter lands, like nothing could be around it. Like, you know, like the amount of wind it's blowing, and you know, of course, everyone's nightmare in, in the movies. Somehow you can get sucked up into it. We well, know that's not true, but can you not? Um, oh,
1: <laughs> wait, you can but, get sucked into the airplane or into the jet thing.
0: Yeah, jet. you can get sucked in the turbine. Yeah, turbine.
1: Yeah, okay. So you can get sucked in something, just not a helicopter. It's
0: not good. Yeah. It's unhealthy. Try to avoid. It's really, <laughs> super unhealthy. That's our one uh, tip of
1: this episode. <laughs> I did have a thought, though, from earlier when you were talking about the industries and the mix match. What if, and I'm saying this because we've now had people... When Albert and I have random ideas, we have people reach out and say, hey, I'm building that or, hey, that's something, you know, I want to work on that. (laughs) So what if there was like a matching system where every time companies were shutting down or not really doing well, you could have a matching system that literally puts it into a different industry where it's like, hey, we saw that you were building technology around robots that could do this, this and this. And although it didn't work with self-driving cars, actually, if you were to take that tech and maybe apply some of the learnings over to hospitality, over to whatever it might be, like it might actually have a good synergy there to help out this other industry. Like what if there's some like matchmaking service like that? Because there, think of how many good ideas or good technologies are lost. I mean, I was just listening to an interview with, I think it's the, um, this guy founded Sandbox VR. I think that's the company and he worked on it for a really long time. It was struggling, 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 it took like 10 years until finally, and maybe the, I mean, it took a long time until now it's taking off. But how many times he almost gave up? And I mean, the story was very, interesting just hearing like how hard he had to push back everyone telling him how stupid the ideas were how he was trying to pitch this whole idea of like virtual reality and he was just calling it like you know an escape room with mixed reality he had to like use all these different concepts to try and pull people into his vision now it's working Um, but if he would have gave up like so much good IP and technologies and ideas are just left on the battlefield so what if someone could match it
0: so that (laughs) That's a great question that actually is in line with something I said back when I was in grad school, which is like, why is there not a journal of null results? Be like, show me all the experiments that you proved, Mm -hmm. no change, nothing. Because if you knew that going into any hypothesis, then you would not make the same mistake. Mm -hmm. And now with, this is where AI can be useful, super useful, is if it could compare your idea and just not tell you that it will or will not work, but what does it look similar to? So that you, if you were a scientist or an engineer or wherever you may be, you could be like, oh, this was attempted back in this moment.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: didn't work, but I want to know why. It's a great question. There's a lot of, let's say, failed or unsuccessful experiments that probably have, like you suggest, some level of IP that would be useful if it was provided to the right person.
1: Yeah, or just um, needed like that one extra little piece that could have like helped solve it. I mean, also all the universities, when you hear about them selling off their IP and stuff, it's kind of that concept. Like um, yeah. I know we had someone come on the show. Do you remember this guy, Scott Donnell? He has that company Happy and do. You, okay. So no. he came on a couple of our podcasts and this dude, they basically, this wasn't from a university, but they licensed technology from the Navy. And the Navy was using this technology to send out pings, I guess, in the ocean to be able to see was around, they saw this technology. They, they either licensed it or bought it because the Navy was going to stop using it. And they took it and they turned it towards a person to be able to start mimicking frequencies of things so that you could experience um, different states, we'll call it, of consciousness or whatever. And so you would put on this little machine on your head and it would ping the frequency of dopamine, of adrenaline, of uh, nicotine, of I feel like, they, you know, maybe eventually getting into plant medicines, but you wouldn't actually have it in your body. Like you wouldn't have it in there. It would just be pinging the frequency so that your, you know, whatever's inside your body would start feeling that and acting as if it was in there. And then you could take it off and it was gone. But he literally licensed that from the military because they're like, ah, oh, it's, you know, now we have something different. We don't really need it. And I think yeah. his company is still doing really well. And now there's all this other research coming out about how you can mimic frequencies to get your body to think that it has it in it. But-
0: if I'm not mistaken, at Oracle, the entire company is built off of a, a patent or um, a piece of technology that IBM didn't want to use.
1: Oh, really? So, so,
0: yeah, the whole thing. Like Larry Ellison looked at it and was like, wait a second. This is brilliant. And they were like, "Yeah, we don't want it. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so the reading, concept's here. We just
1: need no, to scale it. it. That's our next company, yeah. Albert. Well,
0: here's here's the challenge. Here's the challenge, right? So that's why that's where AI comes quite useful is that. Most people don't find value in looking for a needle in the haystack, right? Like Mm -hmm. they don't find it valuable to constantly be looking through tons Mm -hmm. of noise and getting Mm -hmm. no signal. Maybe there's a signal, maybe there isn't. So there's something that could simplify the process to like even hone you into like where to look. Mm -hmm. Then that would be like, I I would assume immeasurably valuable. I always think back to, we had on, I forget which show we had this person on, but it was Semyon Dukach. He is the managing partner, founder of One Way Ventures they're a VC firm and they only fund immigrants. Um, Mm -hmm. And specifically because they said immigrants and refugees have already done the impossible just to even create a new life somewhere else, that they're basically the most undeniable people that you could possibly ever invest in. And since Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is just nonstop running into roadblocks, these people will not be stopped. They've already done the hardest thing in the world. So business is just a thing that they have to tackle. And Mm so one of the things because I asked him, which was, Hey, James Dyson, a fan favorite. You and I are fan favorites. Um, You know, famously 3,127 prototypes that didn't work. Would you ever invest in a guy like that? And he made a comment to me that's just stuck to my head. Semyon did. And he said, I would invest in him if he could tell me what he learned every step of the way. And so like think about all those failures, right? He's putting the pieces together to then eventually build the Dyson vacuum. Um, So like, it supports exactly what you're saying, which is like in every failure there's a there's a lesson, there's something to be learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can you, but not to everybody. Like to you and me, I'm like what well, shit doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. a quitter. I would have never made it because after like three, I'd be like that. Nah, that sucks. That's. <laughs> well, yeah. We're gonna get this yeah. right, and so I I that's why I ain't <laughs> built for that life. But I'm glad James Dyson is because yeah. I have three Dyson vacuums now in my lifetime. They're all great. <laughs>
1: still three? working you would give up after three Jeez, that's like
0: <laughs> i know <laughs> i have such a low tolerance for like like people like um, oh you know, like back in when when I was dating like people were like oh you got shade like if she if you, if you really like her you'll chase her like what if she says no i'm moving on
1: <laughs> i mean i'm that, not
0: that, asking her out twice
1: <laughs> yeah i'm above that
0: no i'm not yeah. above that i'm just I, i've taken the hint
1: <laughs> <I've just laughs> taking up enough time here
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've taken the hint. It's like, you said, no, I'm out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Well, I, yeah, I definitely think there's something there to that concept. Cause I, I'm thinking about, I have a friend here in this area that their company just went through is going through bankruptcy right now. This mm. company is great. Like they have built so many good I mean, technologies, like great as in like seeing what they've done. I know other like competitors are like all their competitors are way worse. I mean, they've built hardware and all the other hardware competitors. I'm not going to like say more details, but like they're way worse. And I'm just thinking like, damn, I understand shit happens. Bankruptcy happens like to the best of us, you know, not to me, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, but it happens. But yeah, just there has to be other people who would want what they figured out in all these years because, I mean, they have gold when it comes to what they've been selling. Everyone has them here in Austin. They're high ticket priced items. But yeah, just seeing things go out of business like that and being like, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like in the previous episode where like the, you know, the entrepreneur also gets to a point where they're like, okay, this is just hard. Even if it's like working, you can still stall it. You can still sabotage things. And like, maybe there's still something there that could at least be applied to either a competitor who's like a good competitor or to a completely different industry. So it just seems like a lot gets lost with each generation because it is hard to Oh, a lot I mean a
0: that gets I don't doubt one I don't doubt it at all that tons of information gets lost that could be really useful uh, to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think that's the magic question, which is how does anyone even if you had all of the information, the technology, the blueprint, whatever you had, mm-hmm. how could you sift through it and find find the value? Um, yeah. That's our that would be that's that our would challenge. Be
1: that's our challenge. It's not We're, my challenge. It's your challenge. I'm assigning it I'm to you. I'm not solving this problem. I'm not solving it. You are solving it. Tomorrow's your first day at our new company that we just created. Bro. <laughs> you need Bruh. more things to do, Albert. I'm trying
0: to simplify my life. This, is my, this sounds every, like way harder. Literally
1: every time you try to simplify it, here I come. Hello. Uh, I have something oh, new dang. I want you to work on with me.
0: Dang, uh, I'm just trying to buy houses and rent them out like you tell me.
1: <laughs> well... With that, I know now we've gone on way longer than we should have. So I want to kind of <laughs> summarize all the things that we talked about in today's episode, because it was a little a whirlwind of concepts. So in the beginning, we were talking about auditing your inputs. Uh, Albert getting happier because he did that. I think that's super important to take a pause every single week and, you know, just look around. What am I doing? What am I listening to? What am I thinking? Thinking also matters. That's also an input. Yeah. If you want a different output, you got to change your inputs. Uh, the second piece we jumped into was video. What we're seeing around short video, what's working, what's not, what's um, not what we're doing for our clients, super interesting. If you guys have any interesting video tips, let us know because we're always watching the market and it's just really fun to try out new things. The third one- I wouldn't say it's really fun, but it is Okay, I (laughs) think it's very fun. I love watching, like putting out new stuff. Okay, interesting. You think, okay, whatever. You and I's idea of fun is different, but it is interesting. Um, next, we talked about hospitality and the mixed match of job seekers and employers, and you know what and how think-
0: markets are just sh- shifting. They're not they're not rising or falling. They're moving.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and which leads to the last piece where we're talking about like, is there an opportunity when it comes to looking in other industries? Are there secrets? Are there companies going out of business with technology you might want? Like, is there anything that they've learned that you might be able to apply, even if it is in the Airline industry, the hospitality industry, the fast food restaurant. Like, there's probably secrets everywhere. And I think it's just a good challenge to think about how maybe more of that could be brought together and if it could help you in your life, your business, all the above. So, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Also, please make sure you rate and review Mission Daily. We want to know how we're doing. So, please don't forget to do that. We would love to hear from you. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Till next time.